Und. Welcome back, everybody, to uh, the In My Prime podcast. Today is Wednesday, January 24th. And uh, it's always fun on the podcast when we get a new guest on. And today we have first uh, first time guest. I like to call him the meme god because this dude has been coming different on Twitter recently. But it is Ahan Rungta from Twitter, at Ahan Rungta. Give him a follow. Ahan, how are we doing? Not bad at all. Um, first off, this is my first time seeing your you in your room with a background, and I'm. Uh, <laughs> I, I need to step my. I need to step my game up. Yeah, I mean, you guys can't watch it on video, but the the posters, the jerseys, it's on point. Appreciate you for having me on. You're someone whose style kind of aligns with mine, and I love what you do. So appreciative that uh, I'm on today. Yeah, dude, I love your style too. And uh, where where are your beers? Where's your beer wall at? And Rick and Morty poster. I think you're missing that. <laughs> I am. <laughs> All right, so Ahan, I got a couple questions for you before we get into this. So, as like a three sport handicapper, I'd say you're one of like the few people in the space who like really kind of knows their shit with like MLB, basketball, football, like the three main sports that I think most people are interested in betting on. So I, I just want to know what is your favorite sport out of all three of them to bet on and why? I mean, probably the wrong time to say this, but baseball, just because you see a lot of like line movement with NBA and NFL, like every single day, like, but with baseball, it's kind of slow. Like it's, pretty much the only major sport going on during the summer and it's still like the market is pretty slow to react to things um uh there's a certain way to bet baseball that many people just like frankly like aren't good at which makes sense because it's a high variance sport kind of like hockey you know i don't cap hockey but i know how high variance it is um so i just i just love being able that the everyday grind of catching the market is sleep even if i wake up like five hours late um so for me it's personally baseball but right now i'm feeling it with the nba so um, it might be moving up the rankings. Yeah, no, dude, I I agree 100 with baseball, and I think like part of the reason why the MLB market might be slow. Maybe I'm just like speaking for myself because I don't like I try baseball. I try getting into like the advanced analytics and stuff. Like, I just I, I just am not that good at it, and I feel like I might a lot of people might be in my boat too, where they just don't exactly know what to research, what to look for, and maybe that is like why the market can be kind of slow. So. When you really do know what you're talking about, it gives you a pretty decent edge. And also, um, one thing too, I realized or I notice with your work, with uh, with your researching, your handicapping process, so it's like very analytical. And uh, I, I try to use analytics, but I also kind of like to get narratives, get uh, spots where I think that players are going to like. So for the NBA, as analytically uh, driven better. What uh, data tools do you find most useful for like a new better who might be trying to get into uh, betting on the NBA? Yeah, I think you made a good point that like with the NBA, it's so narrative based and just like you have to have a feel for the game, obviously. And I'm someone that like I don't cap hockey because like I have access to the analytics, but I don't have a feel for the game. Right. So that's why I don't cap hockey. Um, And I I like to use a combination of both for NBA and people who say like I'm you can never make people happy, right? Like, you know, this is someone who's active on Twitter. Some people say I, I'm too driven in analytics and some people say I don't use enough data and I go by feel too much. Right. So I think that's good, right. That people think, you know, people are, you know, polarized by that. Um, I use NBA.com slash stats. Their dashboard um, is awesome. You know, a couple of the bets that I'm, you know, both the bets I'm giving out today use NBA.com slash stats uh, to look into the dashboard, uh, defensive dashboard, offensive dashboard, both of that makes sense. But one of my, 
well, perhaps today is in uh, the Heat game. And for those of you who aren't familiar with my Heat game game, um, <laughs> I, I go by feel so much with the Heat uh, because you see everybody on Twitter complains about how the Heat are impossible to cap because Eric Spolster makes adjustments game to game. Um, he goes by feel and he goes by what he knows will win you that game. And uh, that's going to change from day to day. And it's impossible to cap unless you're a Heat fan, uh, like for real. Like uh, I know you, you, you've had success with the Heat and I've had yeah. success with the Heat, but... It's very rare that that you see someone who has consistent success with the Heat for that reason. So you got to have an understanding for what coaches are going to do. You can't cry if there are adjustments made on the fly where they prioritize winning the game over your bed. Yes. <laughs> um, so you got to do both and a little line reading, right? Like uh, one of the props I'm giving out today hasn't hit since seemingly World War One, um, but I'm going with it anyway because I know why the line is that high. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. Like, um, especially about like the Heat, like. If you're just looking at last five and hit rates only, like I think a good thing coupled with analytics is to like put yourself and like the coaches, like what's the game plan? Like, like, like yesterday, I I'm an idiot and I didn't play it, but Zion over four and a half assists. Like Will Hardy's a guy who, like, when he has no offer, like no defensive option to guard someone, like he's gonna double the hell of them. And Zion finished with like ten assists, but it's just kind of stuff like that. And yeah, with the Heat, hey. You're taking a number one option and on their over against the Heat. Best of luck to you, my guy. But <laughs> I don't know how well that's going to go. <laughs> All right, Ahan. Uh, how many picks do you have today? I have uh, two picks. Two picks. Okay, cool. I have three, so I will go first. And the first one I'm going to do is an under, actually. Uh, I played Damian Lillard under 26 and a half points, minus 115 at FanDuel. So Lillard, he's under 26 and a half. Uh, in 19-0-32 games with Giannis and Chris playing. Uh, he's averaging only 24.9 points per game in those. And over the last 15 games, guess what team is number one in defensive rating? It is the Cleveland Cavaliers. So <laughs> the Cavs, their defense has been incredible. Like, honestly, their personnel, <clears throat> like, the personnel's not even, like, that good. But I don't know what they have going for them. But, hey, I'm, I'm going to believe the stats. They're number one in defensive rating. Not one single player since January 2nd has scored 27 points against the Cavs. And that kind of speaks to their ability to scheme against stars. And, like, Dame's not even the number one option on this team, right? And so, like, Giannis is always going to be six, seven points higher than him. So, uh, like, one player has scored 27. On, and it was on January 1st, and it was Pascal Siakam. So, uh, Dame, on average, he's one of the most pick-and-roll uh, ball handler heavy guys or in the league. He averages 10.1 pick-and-roll opportunities a game. Um Versus pick-and-roll ball handlers this year. Cavaliers, they're allowing the third-fewest points per game. So, yeah, man, all in all, line feels a bit uh, overinflated, given with Chris and Giannis playing. And, uh, I mean, it's just like a brutal matchup. Like, Cavs, first defensive rating, good against pick-and-roll. So, going with under 26.5 for Dame. Uh, any thoughts on that, Don? Uh, I mean, you made half my point for me for my first prop, uh, which is the Cavs are an incredible defense. I did not think that would be the case when they lost Evan Mobley. Um, I'll use that to transition into to mine because I'm on a different under on the Bucks, which is kind of scary to be on, you know, a prop in a game where the team just fired their head coach, inspired ball, blah, blah, blah. Um, well, you see that the Bucks are six and a half point favorites in this one, which, uh, you know, kind of makes sense. The last time these two teams faced off, the, the Cavs just completely blew them out. Uh, no Giannis. Uh, this time Giannis returns. If you believe in the inspi inspired ball narrative following a, a head coach firing, well, here you go. The Bucks might blow out the, the Cavs today. 
Um, and if so, then you might see uh, a lack of minutes for the starters, which obviously helps your Damian Lillard under uh, first and foremost. But it also would help Malik Beasley under 10 and a half points. Not only could he not get, you know, 30 plus minutes just because it could be a blowout, but he also gets played off the floor quite often due to defense. Obviously, they have uh, the Cavs have uh, Donovan Mitchell. And if Donovan Mitchell gets Malik Beasley in foul trouble, that's a route um, to him going under. Um, but you look at the hit rate, and again, it's not very encouraging. It's hit, this under is hitting for the last 10, one of the last five, but this is a sell high. He's shooting 46% from three on the season and 46% from three last 10 games. Like, okay, right, if he shoots 50% today and that's how I lose, I'll take it. This is a completely brutal matchup for him. Like he said, uh, Cleveland, just simply good everywhere on defense, right? They protect the rim even without Evan Mobley. Um, and they've allowed the fifth fewest threes per game last seven games. And since being without Mobley, they're top 10 defense against threes and at the rim. So uh, Malik Beasley is a guy who simply gets cuts to the rim and, and spot up threes. Uh, so if if he wants to go five for five or something, be my guest. But I, other than that, uh, I, I think he should probably stay in single digits in this one. Obviously, with the blowout potential as well, six and a half point spread. He uh, And like I said, he averages... Uh, just a little over this number per 30 minutes when Middleton plays. And today, zero people are on the Milwaukee injury reports. Like the rare occasion where you see no injuries. So full rotation available. They don't have to put Malik Beasley out there for 35 minutes. Yeah, I think that's a really good point you made. Um, a lot of the time, Jay Crowder missed time. Pat Connaughton missed time. Um, I think a couple other guys missed time. So Malik Beasley, his season-long overs are pretty heavily skewed right now due to like really, really high minutes. I mean, dude, why the hell would you, like, you really don't need Malik Beasley's offense out there, right? Like, why the hell would you play, like, him over Andre Jackson when the one thing you need to do to beat the Cavs is to slow down Donovan Mitchell? You might as well have, like, Andre Jackson out there, maybe even Jay Crowder or Pat Connaughton. Like, I feel like Malik Beasley is just not very, not much needed here. Like, I think 24 to 26 minutes is, like, a pretty pretty good projection for him here. And, yeah, uh, 11 points against a really good defense. Uh, the inspired ball narrative, I think, if anything, that might point to, like, Giannis just, like, going ape shit on them like like he's going against the Pacers or something. So, yeah, I, I like that, man. And I like that. I like that you're going against the grain, too. Like, people are just going to see that 10.5 line and, like, like you're going to look at that and be like, who's taking the under here? And then it's you Cause, <laughs> because it's a, it's, a good, it's a good bet, though. All right. Uh, my second bet, um, I went with, Brandon Miller over 23 and a half PRA minus 125 at DK. So everyone in the mama, they're betting on LaMelo here, man. <laughs> and like, I get it. It's, it's definitely for a good reason. I was like staring it down. I was just like, okay, dude, like, do I want to be like the 10th capper to like tweet this shit out? I'm like, okay, no. But then I was looking around and Brandon Miller, his line feels really low. So he's like another person who will see a very good usage bump uh, without Terry Rozier. So uh, Terry Rozier's out, Gordon Hayward's out. The Hornets just have like no shot creators outside of Lamelo, Brandon Miller, Miles Bridges. Like literally, the guys around them, like off the bench, they, they don't even like shoot. Besides like PJ Washington, but he doesn't create a shot. And Pistons weirdly are pretty good at only um, at guarding only spot up guys. So Brandon Miller, uh, I like betting on rookies like at this point of the year, right? Because they really start to come come along as players. Um, last three games, he's like obliterated this line. He's had 35, 33, 32 PRA, albeit he's done it on 61.4% from the field. So he's doing a little bit of regression, but two out of three games were against like real solid defenses against Philly, Minnesota, Minnesota on the, like on the, or Minnesota in Minnesota too, which is like 
that's like probably the best defense in the league, one of them at least. And then, um, yeah, so against Philly uh, two games ago, it was without LaMelo. Uh, it was with Terry Rozier and Miles Bridges. We saw him have a 26% usage rate. Uh, LaMelo, he'll probably have more usage than Terry. Actually, he for sure will. But <laughs> um, Brandon Miller this year with 21% usage and 30-plus minutes. He has 22-plus PRA in 12 out of 15 games. And Miller, as a rookie, he's just in better form than he was in um, a few of those games early in the year. Uh, and he gets a Pistons. It's like a Pistons matchup. All the defensive attention will go to LaMelo and Bridges before him. And last 15 games overall, I mean, the Pistons, they're just like a terrible defense. Like they allow the most points per game, most assists per game. And you got Brandon Miller who can score pretty well from all three levels. So don't have any matchup concern. In fact, it's a very, 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 very good matchup. And I just think that he's in a really good form right now. And his usage is going to be pretty damn good. Yeah, man, someone's going over their line in this game. And if it's LaMelo and everybody in the world wins... Hat, hat tip to, to everybody for taking it, but I'm personally not touching this game because um, I, like, I mean, it, it, there there are seven other games on the slate, right? And I'm not I'm not gonna try to guess what the Charlotte Hornets are gonna do with that team this year. But uh, hat tip to you because it's a good bet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, shit. There's seven other games. You got Chet Wemby. Nah, bro. We're watching Killian Hayes versus Cody Martin. <laughs> All right, on your your uh, second pick. Yeah, so I said I was going to go to the Heat game just because, well, not going physically to the Heat game, but uh, I'm going to give you a prop for the Heat hey, game just because, be nice. yeah, if uh, <laughs> if there's if there's someone getting a good read on this game, it's probably it's probably me, right? Like, yeah. um, just because, you know, I've been watching the Heat all season long, and I know what they suck at, and I know what they're good at. Terry Rozier is questionable for this game. I don't think he's going to play. Um, he got in, like, very, very late last night. Um, I I, I would assume he was ruled out by now, but he's not. Uh, Jaime Hawkins is doubtful, um, and uh, Haywood Highsmith is probable, but he is banged up a little bit. So if you look at this game, it's a 10-point spread, um, but one, I know my Miami Heat, they love trolling, especially when they're not fully healthy. Um, they legitimately might, you know, this game might come down to the last two minutes. Um, so I, I do not trust the Heat to blow anybody out in the regular season. Um, if, if I were to lean a spread in this game, I would literally probably be betting the Grizzlies, but... I would rather not bet on a team that's without like all their good players. Um, instead, I'm going to go to a player prop in this game. You look at the injury report, this is a complete opposite of Milwaukee, right? Nobody's healthy. Uh, Desmond Bain, obviously out. John Morant, out. Derek Rose, out. Marcus Smart, out. And now and Brandon Clark, been out. And now Santi Aldama is also out. What this means is, no matter what the game script is, everybody on the team is probably getting at least 30 minutes. Um, so, Luke Kennard, even if it's a 30-point game, he's going to get at least 30 minutes. And given that, uh, I think this line of uh, 18 and a half points plus rebounds is too low. Uh, and I got the over there on at uh, minus 115 on FanDuel. So he's averaging around 18 points plus rebounds per 30 minutes as a starter this season. Obviously, like I said, everybody uh, on the team and their mother out. Um, Jaron Jackson is a clear number one option on this team. And we talked about it already. You know what that means. That means Eric Spolstra is going to make sure he defends Jaron Jackson and let others beat him. The Heat have already been one of the worst teams uh, against above-the-break threes this season. Luke Kennard, that's what he does. He runs around, off-ball, gets open, above-the-break threes, he fires it, right? As soon as he gets a little open space, he's shooting it. So uh, this is a game where uh, he should get volume. Um, and uh, if you, why did I add the rebounds here? Well, I was doing some line reading. His rebound line is at 3.5. He literally has not hit this um in the last five games i don't think i think he's hit this once as a starter uh all season long uh, twice as a starter all season long 
Um, so why is it 3.5? Well, it makes sense if you think about what matchups um, there will be. So the decent defenders on Memphis, such as Jaron, such as Vince Williams, uh, even Xavier Tillman matched up down low in the paint. Um, you know, they're, they're going to be on Jimmy. They're going to be on Bam. And uh, Tyler Hero obviously is playing in this game as well. Luke Kennard is the one that's going to be hiding in the corner um, if Haywood Heisman does play, and he'll probably start in this game. And uh, Luke Kennard's going to be hiding in the corner, uh, quote-unquote, defending Haywood Highsmith. Um, and then when Kevin Love comes in, if Kevin Love goes to the corner, Luke Kennard's going to follow him there. So while Jimmy and Hero and Bam are putting in work on the top defenders, Luke Kennard's going to get all those loose ball rebounds. So Luke Kennard over 18.5 points plus rebounds. No, nah, they're, they're quote-unquote defending Haywood Oh, no, that's that's a really good bet because um yeah the Heat the one thing that they're like actually like really bad at defending is catch and shoot I mean and Luke Kennard that's literally that's the name of his game and yeah just like look around bro like I'm looking at their logs from last game yeah they don't even have Aldama who can randomly just jack up shots too like I mean seriously like Vince Williams John Conchar David Roddy Gigi Jackson Tillman like right, that's not like be, what let's be nice is. here Gigi Jackson you're not dog. wrong but you yeah. don't have to say it. Yeah, I mean, dude, who's taking shots on this team? And especially if they take away Jaron, like, yeah, this is like a perfect spot for Kennard, just knowing how that they'll how they'll defend Jaron, how what they tend to give up. And yeah, I like the rebounds thing too. Like, yeah, he will be quote unquote defending Haywood. He is the worst defender for sure. So just weak side, easy rebounds. I mean, Jaron's a dog shit rebounder, even though he has like an eight foot wingspan and Tillman will have his hands full uh, with Bam too. So no, that, that's a really good bet. And I, I like your point about the Heat. Yeah, the Heat really just don't blow out teams. I feel like teams like Heat, um, maybe even I guess the Knicks have actually blown out a few teams, but just like these like slower paced kind of grinded out teams. Like these aren't teams that you should be laying big numbers with. And yeah, we should expect the game to stay close anyways. All right. Uh my final pick, I went with Victor Wembenyama over nine and a half rebounds. Uh it's minus one twenty at MGM. So if we look at his last two games, obviously Wemby, he's been on a minute restriction, but he's actually played 28 minutes in each of his last two games. I mean, I'd take 20 minutes way more than I'd take than 24 minutes, which is what his limit was at for a while. Also, um, Pop said that his minute li limit will end soon. And hey, man, if he's a man of the people, it's going to be here. So Wemby can make his case for rookie of the year versus Chet. <laughs> so on the year, Wemby, we got him. He's averaging uh, 10 rebounds per game this year on 28.5 minutes, which is probably where I project him for playing minutes uh, versus OKC this year. Wemby, he had 14 rebounds, including 11 defensive rebounds, which I think is pretty important because there's a lot less variance around defensive rebounds. Uh, he did that all in 20 minutes because guess what? The Spurs played in OKC and lost by 36. So <laughs> 14 rebounds in a game where you lose by 36 is like really impressive in my opinion, just kind of proves to how he was really dominating the glass in this matchup. Uh, now we have OKC. They're on a second half of a back-to-back -back game. Uh, game is in San Antonio. It's an ESPN game. It's obviously like a big, like, narrative-y game with the Chet Wemby stuff. I mean, all you can do is hope and pray in January, but I, I think we get a close game here. Um, and I know everyone sees this game as Chet and Wemby, but uh, if you're the coach, if I was a coach, and I think this is a smart move to make for a defensive scheme, I think Wemby actually should be guarding Giddy. Um, because Giddy can't shoot, and you could just use him as a weak, weak side roamer, put Sohan maybe on uh, Chet, and uh, if Wemby's in weak side guarding Giddy, who's just going to be in the corner, not doing shit, like twiddling his thumbs, um, I, I think that could lead to a ton of just like easy, uncontested defensive rebounds. 
And uh, on the year, I mean, OKC, they're not a good rebounding team. Um, they're good at everything but rebounding. Uh, but they allow the fifth most rebounds per game to centers on the year. And yeah, man, I think like last 15 games, they allow like the 10th most rebounds as well. So good rebounding matchup. I think the game stays close and uh, really dominated the glass in like a terrible game environment versus OKC last year. I like it. I was looking at lines this morning and I was like, I... I, this has to be the Shet game, uh, just because like he hasn't done uh, all that much in the last few games. Maybe saving himself for Victor, uh, you know, uh, second ever end of a back to back. They almost lost to the Blazers last night. Yeah. It's kind of embarrassing. Um, so it feels like a Shet game, and if you like Victor, this feels like a scenario where I I, I can't really like convince myself to bet either side, like either Shet or Victor yet, just because of the blowout potential. But also like if the last time these two teams faced off, both Victor and Shet scored single digits. So. If if there's a if there's a game where Shet and Victor each score thirty, this might be it. So maybe an SGP idea. Yeah, yeah, like a little lotto ticket or something like that. I could see it, man. I could see it. Just them duking it out. I got fucking rookie of the year. No, I got it. It's going at it one on one, or maybe a, hey, or maybe they each score single digits again because they're both Slendermen and can just guard each other really good. And <laughs> they're the only people in the league that can guard each other. Okay, well. Uh-huh, and if you just want to quick say the two picks that you gave out today before he head out. Yeah, I got Malik Beasley under 10.5 points, minus 115 over at Caesars, and Luke Kennard over 18.5 points, plus rebounds, minus 115 over at FanDuel. Holy shit. That's a 2-0 card, baby. Uh, my card is Brandon Miller over 23.5 uh, points, rebounds, and assists, minus 125 at DK. Victor Weminyama over 9.5 rebounds, minus 120 at MGM. And Dame Lillard under 26.5 points. Minus 115 at FanDuel. All right, Ahan, really appreciate you coming in. Had some fun. If you ever want to come back, obviously, bro, it's great having you. Welcome back anytime. And to all my people who are listening to this, make sure to give them a follow at Ahan Rungta at Twitter, and especially in the MLB season. Y'all better be tailing because if y'all are tailing me, best of luck to your bankroll. That shit might, might blow the hell up. <laughs> Anyways, Ahan, thank you for coming on once again. Thank you, bro. Yep. See you guys. You have a good one.